Green Mountain Dental Group is a family-owned business that has been a staple in Lakewood for over 40 years. Whether it's cosmetic, oral surgery, or preventative dentistry, at Green Mountain Dental Group you will find nothing but the best. We have chosen Green Mountain Dental and will continue to attend Green Mountain Dental because of the superior care that we receive from them. Their facility is amazing and above all, it's the personal touch that we receive from the people there, including Dr. Ben Jr. and Ann and Mary and Sherry and Marie. They've known me as well as my husband, my children, and now my grandchildren, and are just incredible with all of us. That was Annette. She's been a patient at Green Mountain Dental Group since 1976 and truly loves their service. Never did I think in 1976 how blessed we would be to recognize the people at Green Mountain Dental and are so thankful that they have been a part of our lives. For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Just mention BSN Denver. Hey everybody, welcome to the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off a $50 purchase on their website and app. Use promo code BSN10 to save $10 off a $50 purchase for all your parties and have it delivered straight to your door. Let's jump into the show. Welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We got a Saturday episode for you here. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. We've talked about the Avs X-Factors coming into this next season already, so it's time to take a look around the Central and see what other X-Factors are kind of out there. We're going to start off at the bottom alphabetically with Winnipeg. There's a lot of things going on here. Obviously, they still haven't signed Patrick Laine or Kyle Connor to their contract, so I think it starts there, and then there's a lot of other question marks going on as well. Yeah, I mean, let's just let's just assume those guys get under contract and they're they're ready to rock start of the season. Yeah. Um, because I think one of them is going to be one of their X factors. Uh, Line A, man. Yeah. Which which sure. Patrick Line A we getting? Because if it's the if it's the dominant goal scorer uh, who took over games at times uh, in his first two seasons then the Jets are scary. Yep. If it's the guy who spent every month that was not November basically disappearing, uh, and and to be honest with you, was less effective than a guy like JT Comfer was last year. Like, that's how bad Line A was in the month that was not November. He scored, what, over half of his goals in the month of November? 17 of them. uh, 17 of his 30 goals he scored last year in in November. It was – it's an insane, like, conversation that we're talking about. This guy is is not – he didn't have a good year, and he scored 30 goals because there will be older reporters out there who are going to look at that and be like, oh, I'm sorry, it was 18 even worse. <laughs> there will be other people that will be out there who will look at it and be like, we scored 30 goals. I don't care how I scored 30 goals. But 12 goals. Um, 
the rest of the year. And honestly, he had he had three goals in October. So you're talking he had nine goals from December on last year. Yeah. Patrick Line, are you serious? And and this is a guy who scored forty four goals the year before. So you know he's capable of more. Yeah, and that he's not a he's not a playmaker either. Right. This is this is gonna be a guy that goes for the Cy Young every year. You know, he is he is strictly a, a goal scorer. Yeah. Absolutely. It's even in his rookie year, he scored 36 and to see him not only not put in the same goal production, but just completely disappear for months at a time is seriously concerning for Winnipeg. Yeah. Well, in in the all around game, it needs to get better. And there's, there's no other way to put it, man. It just, it's got to get better. Yeah. No argument there. The defensive zone is just a, a vortex of, darkness for him but a vortex of darkness i dig it (laughs) but they do have some other good pieces we've kind of talked about the team a little bit before they need somebody to step up on defense for them yeah and that's where i think that's where i think you see the other big x factor is josh morrissey yeah is he the man is he, a, find out. <laughs> is he a true top pairing defender? Because if he is, you're always going to be competitive if you have a top defender. Like a true top pairing guy, you're always going to be competitive. If he's not, and he's in over his head next to Dustin Bufflin, who ain't getting any younger, yep. uh, then they have a real problem. Like, Dustin Bufflin, 34 years old, and he's only got two years left on his deal. It doesn't it doesn't really matter how well Dustin Bufflin plays this year. Uh they've they've got bigger fish to fry outside of that. They've got buff and buff will be buff. Right. But they they need significantly more help on that blue line. I mean, this is amazingly, this is a team that went from being so stacked on the right side that Tyler Myers was asking for or Tyler Myers, Jacob Truba was asking for a trade because he could get the minutes he won. And now it's Dustin Bufflin. Yeah. Right. It's just when you turn Jacob Truba into Neil uh, Pionk, that'll happen to you pretty quick. Right. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of Winnipeg people have been like, I think you're too it's... low on Neil Pionk. And I'm just like, yeah, it's because I think he sucks. But, you know, he is only 23. and He's certainly not Jacob Truba. You know, he had a 26-point rookie year. Maybe, I was a little, maybe I'm a little harsh on him. Even if he's solid, though, he's not even yeah. close to Jacob Truba. It just, it won't be that he won't be able to fill those shoes. Well, and that's their problem. They don't, they don't have anybody to fill those shoes. Even if, even if Josh right. Morrissey can step up and be a stud. Okay, you've now mitigated one of the losses that you had. They lost because they lost both Truba and Tyler Myers. And say what you will about the yeah. insane contract Tyler Myers got. Uh, that's you know they just lost forty points off their blue line. Right, that's not insignificant for certain. Can Sammy Niku help fill out some of that? A guy that Maybe. I really like, a really it's... underrated player, but what's the upside? How I mean I I like a right, lot of exactly. really mediocre defenders. 
So <laughs> at least you know that that's Yeah, it's that's my it's like. my Achilles heel. <laughs> There's nothing in the world that gets me more excited than like a third pairing defenseman who's like 22 years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to tell you. Defensemen like that Sometimes they make me nice. want to drink. So it's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky, which is now my personal favorite, and I think Mm. it's AJ's too. And I'm sure you guys are going to love it as well. For you beer enthusiasts, they are calling this a light-hearted Kolsch ale, but for those of you who have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for the Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer, and make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it not too long ago, and you'll be able to see all of the events that we have planned, and we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP, and come have a good time. Another position that often makes me want to drink is goaltending, and I think it's safe to say that every team goaltending is an It, it is, on. and I'm honestly, I love that I'm not the one who has to say that on this pod all the time anymore, <laughs> um, because... <Yeah. laughs> I think sometimes we get so lost in our hyper focus on one team that we don't necessarily yeah. recognize, hey, this is a problem for everybody. You know, third pairing it defenders, really uh, fourth line minutes, you know, coaches loving one specific role player and everybody losing their mind over it. You know, uh, <laughs> goaltending question marks. These are not unique problems. These are things that 31 NHL franchises grapple with all the time. The difference is you can count the number of teams with locked in goaltending. You really can. It's like teams with coaches who are good at any given time. There's like five of them. And then there's this huge middle class of he might be a good coach or he might just have a good team. We don't really know. And then there's like the bottom of the barrel where we're like, we know that guy sucks. Why is he still employed? I'm I'm <laughs> shocked that he still right. has a job. We call that the Mike Yo division. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> shout out Mike Yo. <laughs> uh, but the difference with Winnipeg's goaltending question is that not everybody has five years left on a six million dollar deal uh, at the position, and a legitimate question of what caliber of starter is this guy? Because he was one of the top young prospects. He had a good year as a backup. He had a mediocre year as a starter. He had a great year as a starter. He got paid. And then he was a league average starter again. Right. So he hasn't shown that consistency to be above league average yet. Yeah. One year. He's got one year where he was a high end starting goaltender. And given the question marks we've already looked at on their defense, I think they need He's better than be tested. That's a great point. He's going to be tested in a way he hasn't been. Because even a couple of years ago, right. when he first showed up in 15-16, and the Jets weren't like 
oh my god, the Jets, like they were for that one whole year. Um, the the defense was still a strong suit for the Jets. That's where I liked most of their talent, honestly. Uh, they've always kind of had like the, the solid core of defenders. Uh, you know, and back back then you were talking about, uh, uh, you know, Bufflin and Truba and, and like Toby Enstrom. So uh, yep. they've always kind of had solid defense. And this is the first time uh, that Hellebuck is going to be going in behind a Jets defense where you're like, these guys may not be any good. <laughs> yeah, that's never a good feeling as a goalie. Is it? <laughs> if you're looking at your defense and grimacing a little bit, but I, can the Jets be a team? Let's say line A, the line A X factor works out, and can they just outscore teams? Can someone like Jack Roslovic help fill the hole? The past two years, they've rented Paul Stastny and lost him, rented Kevin Hayes and lost him. So where is that that secondary scoring that they might? Well, and need that's to that's from? it. They need a second line center because Brian Little can't get it done anymore. Uh, Matthew Perot's not the not the not the guy. Um, it's got to be Jack Roslovic. You know, Roslovic allegedly was unhappy, fired his agent, uh, and his agent went on Twitter and said he never asked for a trade. He just wanted more playing time, which was a super cool thing of the agent to do, by the way. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's on Paul Maurice. Put him in the second-line center role because, yep. really, that top six is nasty if their second-line center is good. Between Wheeler and Shifley and right. Ehlers uh, and then Roslevic and Line and Connor, you have about as bulletproof a top six. Like, you've got five of your top six locked down, but... Now you're wondering what about what about the sixth guy, and that has to be right. Roslevic, former first rounder, uh, a guy that has has been uh, very productive, very productive in the AHL. Um, I'm I mean, this is why you draft those guys because you want them to ascend and take that exactly. role. Last year was his first full year in the NHL, had 24 points in 77 games, but was not a top six guy, like was a depth guy for them. They need to give him the shot. And if he answers that question, the Jets are going to be an absolute handful just because of those forwards. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be really tough for... I think Winnipeg in division this year, I think the entire division got a lot better and, and they didn't for the most part. But I I see their top six working. The bottom six, I have some questions about. They don't even have 12 forwards signed yet, so they're probably looking for players to step up. We've talked about some of their, yeah. some of their younger guys in the past, but that's a how much faith can you put in those guys? Big guy to watch is Mason Appleton. Um, really, really good player uh, that I think is going to break out and stick permanently with the Jets, uh, especially with uh, with Tanev out of there. I'm a big Mason Appleton fan. He's He is a whale of a player and a hell of a find for them in, in the sixth round. Uh, that's... That's a guy that I think is going to be a, a key for them in that in that bottom six is 
uh, he steps up and and he replaces what they uh, some of what they've lost this year. And also, I mean, you've got to wonder about Christian Veselainen. His his route, his path has been all over the place. Honestly, you know he's he's gone from the SHL to the Liga um, to the KHL to the AHL. The guys, the guys done everything. And <laughs> you know he was the first rounder back in 2017, and could really you know was a guy that when they picked him, I was like, oh man, because that is a perfect fit in terms of how they like to play his size, his skill. Yeah. If they, if he ends up in their bottom six next to an Appleton and an Andrew cop uh, and an Adam Lauer, like, Oh, and Brian little and Maddie Perot, like Perot, Perot and little are not top six options anymore. And they're getting paid way too much money. But in a in a bottom yeah. six, that's right. Some like film. that's some real. T- it's way too expensive. But when you're actually playing in the middle of the game, you're not worried about that, right? Uh, right. Between those couple of guys and and a Veselainen and an Appleton, uh, I think I think they have they've got high upside there in their bottom six. But they've got to come through. It's got to gel all those guys have to work out, you know, all those guys have to pan out and be legit. Man, the jets are such a big team too. (laughs) A lot of those guys, I'm just scrolling Mm -hmm. through them. Six foot three, six foot four, six foot five, two. Oh, they've had a tight man. I mean, you look on the defense. We haven't even talked about Logan Stanley at all. There's another, another first round guy that they drafted and he's, you know, he's a monster. Is six foot six, six foot yeah. seven. Another huge dude. Uh, yeah, six foot six, two fifteen, and he'll fill out. Yeah, more. and still blown away that they took him in the first round, but whatever. Yeah, that's a. Uh... Yeah, I don't know if he'll be ready yeah. this year. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I'll be surprised if that dude helps out. They also did sign Mark Latest too, which if we're talking about their bottom six, I figure. For the sake of being thorough, yeah, this is I a mean, guy that was a pretty good bottom six player not that long ago. It was, yeah, it was just a, a couple time, years yeah. ago that he was a regular, like, you could count on him for 20 to 30 points and you were fine. And I mean, he put up 50 right, points. Right, well, the and then last year he's team, randomly so. in the AHL and you're like, I, okay, <laughs> but, you know. Guys who are in their mid thirties, yeah, you just sure. never know. Some weird for sure, maybe injury depth type thing, but yeah, I'm I'm not sure really how to feel about Winnipeg as we kind of wrap up this segment. Are you feeling confident in their X factor? I'm worried about worried man. About them? Um, I'm yeah, me too. I like Jack Groselvik. I like Josh Morrissey. I like Patrick Line, but. Ooh, that's it's kind of like what Colorado's doing in that you're hoping a lot of guys take big steps forward uh, at the same time, except these are like key guys, not depth guys. So I, you know, I don't, I think, I think the defense is going to be too weak. And unless Hellebuck plays out of his mind, I think they're going to struggle to make the postseason. 
Yeah, I I tend to agree just because, like I said, the Central Division is just yeah. a Thunderdome. If man. they were in the Pacific, I would like them a whole lot more. Right, exactly. Here, if you're not keeping up, you're getting left behind. So, unless everything goes right for them kind of situation, I, I just don't see them pulling it off. But we'll wrap the segment here. I do need to tell you about the Green Solution, which has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase there. That'll do it for segment one. We'll be back in segment two talking about the Stanley Cup champs. Second segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast here. I mentioned we'll be talking about the St. Louis Blues in this second segment. AJ, we talked about Hellebuck in Winnipeg. He's been league average at least throughout his career in the NHL. Mm -hmm. That question mark is a lot bigger in St. Louis with Jordan Bennington. Yes, he just led them to a cup incredible play throughout the playoffs and before that can Bennington keep it up I mean that's the question of all questions in the entire NHL this year yep is can this fourth string goaltender who was coming off of a slightly below league average season in the AHL uh, well actually he was really good for Providence on my bad he was not good for Chicago. No, yeah, that was two years ago. Yeah, is this is this guy who was like their 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 fourth option where they were just like, well, we're gonna put him in because nothing else has worked, and why not? Yeah, like, this was not a guy that got played because of injury or desperation outside of incompetence. Yeah, this the rest of their goalies weren't functioning and. Yeah, Jake Allen and Chad Johnson were awful, and I believe Billy Huso got hurt. Yeah, he was battling. I think he battled injuries pretty much all year. Yeah, and uh, did not did not play well at all and when he with, was there. Right, and with Mike Yo at the helm, they were in last place on January 7th, I think it was, or something. They were so, god-awful, and then Craig Berube showed up, and yeah. they were like, hey... This is this is the only guy we haven't tried, you know, in the organization, and he's healthy and blah 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 blah, and they won a Stanley Cup. So, uh, <laughs> pretty high bar. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, for real though, um, it's... I it's it's one of the strangest like most out of nowhere things to happen in the NHL in a long time. And I don't think we've made enough of it. And I say we, as you know, people who cover the NHL, like we've talked like the story of like the blues, like run. Yeah. You know, has been, has been covered to death, but the whole Jordan Bennington thing, this, this is going to give ammunition to every guy who has ever taken like a super hard stance and been like, Andrew Hammond could have been a high-end starter had he just been given more of a chance. <laughs> you know, like that, like the guy who who sees three games and is like, that guy was super dope. Yeah, they, 
Now there's no counterpoint because Jordan Bennington won a freaking Stanley Cup. Well, let's wait and see what the numbers look like after this coming season. And might be a little bit of a different tale there, I suspect. But even but then, maybe, can't take that. Can't take away what happened. You never I mean, know. A cup is a cup. That's true. And you know, it's and you look at the guys. Uh, you know, you look at a guy like Tim Thomas. It showed yeah. up and all of a sudden was good at 36. Yeah. And, and playing a super unconventional, chaotic style. The goalie position is, is weird like that. Age is so much less of a factor, it seems, at that position. Yeah, well, and when you look at a guy like Biddington, you're like, oh, this guy had been nothing through his entire career. And now you're like, oh, but what if he's a high-end starter? He's only 26. <laughs> right, that's this young is like, for goalie. <laughs> yeah, where you're like, oh, my God, we might get a decade out of this guy. <laughs> And there's just as good a chance that by the end of this contract that he just signed uh, that pays him $4.4 million per year for the next two years, the dude may not even be in the NHL. Yeah. It, you're either, with that contract, you're either saying he's not getting another NHL deal after it or he's going to be making double that. <laughs> right. Like, it's, it's going... Whatever happens next with Jordan Bennington is going to be fascinating. If he turns into this monster of a starter and St. Louis finally has a, a, a real answer in net, first of all, F that because <laughs> yeah. talk about talk about falling backwards into into something. Because this was not like a like, yeah, they drafted him and yeah, they developed him. But like this was a guy they loaned to the Bruins and were like, here, help out. Right. This was not a guy that they were playing in their own system two years ago. They were, it was all about Billy Huso. Yep. He was basically written off at that point. Well, and And like he had been okay in the AHL. Like this, you know, and then he had the, he did have the one really good year uh, last year uh, with the, with, with Providence. And then, you know, he was off to a really strong start again with the Rampage, and it was just like, okay, did the light bulb just come on, or is this just one of those He's things? Hot, yeah, right. Like where where a goalie is locked in for a year and then he completely falls apart because like one point eight nine goals against, and I don't really like goals against average as a stat, it's but a team stat, yeah, exactly. It's a team stat, but that's exactly it. Fuck. Oh my gosh, and. <laughs> 1.89 is insane. Yeah, that's for what 32 games he played this yeah, year. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Absurd. Yeah. That is a microscopic number. Uh, yeah, I can't even fathom that you score two goals a game and you win. Right. <laughs> Could you imagine with with what Colorado's got going on if they had a goaltender with a 1.89? They'd probably win 26 of those 32 games. Right. It wouldn't be. They'd run away with half of them. Like, that's insane. And it had to be because the rest of that roster is like, it's and it's weird to say this about a team that just won the Stanley Cup, but like, it's okay. Yeah. And we've O'Reilly talked about was, this before. Like, O'Reilly, yeah. a career year, by far a career year. If he can do that again then they'll continue to be dangerous. But if he's closer to a 60-point player than than the 77-point guy that he was, 
they're going to be in some trouble, I think. Right, that's that's what I'm saying. O'Reilly's career year isn't even a point-per-game player. And yes, we've had the conversation. O'Reilly does a bunch of good things that aren't scoring points. Right, he's they, a really good two-way player. But around the league, if you look at all the centers in the league and you just sort by center scoring, there's a lot of really good two-way players that score way more than he does. Yep. And it's, and it, and it's crazy that... And I almost don't even like talking about him anymore at this point because of this. But like the the insane, like it, people only react to Ryan O'Reilly. And I say people, I mean abs fans. That's our world. Abs <laughs> fans only react to Ryan O'Reilly in extremes. Yeah, it's very true. And when I say, when I'm like, oh, you know, he's not a high-end first-line center. He's not. I'm sorry, but he's not. There are 15 guys that score more than he does. And then you make the defensive argument. There's, you know, when, uh, you know, he, he, uh, is a Selkie guy now, but like. Bozak or not like, Bozak, Barkov and Bergeron off the top of your head. And Braden point. All there three of those go. guys are guys I would take over, over O'Reilly right. in a heartbeat. <laughs> and like, not, not even putting any work into that, those three guys off the top of my head immediately. Yeah. And it's no like knock on him. He's a great player. Yep. But it's so, like, I don't want you, the guy you need. Right. I just, for I, I'm only doing this because I always have to play defense when I talk about Ryan O'Reilly. He's a great player. Okay. But if he is not going to be a 70 point guy, for St. Louis next year, I think the Blues are in trouble. He has to be a true 1C. And even then, at 77 points, that's a low-end 1C with the way scoring is in the league right now. Right. It's I, I struggle with that, especially because I don't really see their next wave. They have Robert Thomas, but he's already in the NHL at this point. He looks he great. Stud. He's going to be have to be big for them, but after that, Clem Costin has not worked out for them at all. Yeah. I've never been a big fan of Dominic Bach. So, well, and Do- I mean, he's still, he's a ways off. Right? Yeah. So it's that next wave that, that cup champions often need to keep the push going. I don't know if they have it. Well, and, and Jordan Cairo was one of those guys that everybody loved. Yep. Who had, you know, these crazy numbers. Uh, and then he was a point per game guy in the AHL last year. And you're like, oh my gosh, like he annihilated the OHL. And then in his first full AHL season was a point per game guy. And you're like, okay, this kid's for real. Yep. And that he gets into the NHL and doesn't do anything. Three points in 16 games, Sam. And you know, without, without having all the data at my hands, you know, without knowing like how many minutes did he play? I'm willing to guess he was probably a depth guy who didn't play very much for them. So you say, Oh, well, the three points in 16 games is a, is a factor. Like is a, is a circumstance, you know, it's, it's part of the production uh, is, is the time on ice and the opportunity. But when you do look at, St. Louis's roster, like the one thing that they have in spades is forward depth. Yep. And so if they're not giving him bigger time, like when is his opportunity going to come? You know, uh, I agree with you about the next wave. Robbie Fabry was supposed to be part of that. 
back-to-back major knee injuries look like they have sapped a lot of that from him, which is a shame because he was a lot of fun to watch a couple of years ago. Uh, I really, really, that's awful that, that he's gone through that. But you look at their forwards and you, you're, you know, you're looking at Bozak and Perron and Steen are all guys that are in their 30s. And you're wondering, like, for a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. And you want, you're wondering, like, what's the upside here? You know, Brady Shen is in the final year of his deal. And he took a major step back last season after O'Reilly came in, which was the point. They they wanted O'Reilly to take uh, Shen's job. And he did. And Shen remained effective. And that's great. But the, the high end here is like, I'm a huge Jaden Schwartz fan. The guy had 36 points last year. Yeah. And then and then a fantastic uh playoff run. You know, and then obviously Tarasenko is is great, but Tarasenko's also a guy that as scoring has gone up around the league, his hasn't. Yeah, he's he's been very consistent in in his point totals. Yeah, like in that 70-ish point range every year. Yep. And like really that's and that's kind of the blues is forward is that they're full of really good players. Right. No nothing that puts them over the top spectacular type yeah. of guy. And that's that's what makes Bennington their ultimate X factor is that right. they have to get phenomenal goaltending. Phenomenal yeah. goaltending. Otherwise yeah. they are oof. Yeah, real quick, we talked about their defense in the past, so we don't have to get too in-depth into it. But besides Petrangelo and Pareko, is the X-Factor there? How long can Bo Meester defy time? Yeah. How long will the hip hold up? How long will the back hold up? You know, all the things that he's had issues with. Yeah, I agree. It's their, their defensive depth is either hasn't performed up to where you would hope or is aging out. And, and neither of those things are, are good. <laughs> yeah. I, I look at their defense a lot. Like how I looked at Colorado's defense a couple years ago. Yeah. Well, they had two really good guys on the right side and then a whole bunch of, well, I guess if all this goes well, this could, this could turn out. Okay. <laughs> And you know what that leads to. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, you're taking chances here. You know, Petrangelo and Pareko are both great. Uh, Bo Meester, if he can continue to defy time, Bo Meester, is, he's fine. He's not He's not the high-end guy that he used to be, but he's solid. And, uh, you know, Gunner, Gunnarsson, Bortuzzo, and Dunn is just a smorgasbord of bluff. Um, you know, varying between them, it's... You know, Dunn at least has really high offensive upside. At the, you know. Yeah, yeah. But that defensive side. (laughs) Well, defying father time is certainly something I would consider game-changing. So, we're excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. 
The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. It's going to do it for segment two. In segment three, we are going to get into the arch rival conversation, and we will catch you on the other side. Third and final segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast. I'm still Nathan. He's still AJ. We're still talking about X-Factors. The Minnesota Wild, the team that you love to hate around here, I would say. They have a lot of X-Factors in the fact that I think not many people expect them to be very good next year. But it's fair. Sometimes teams like that can surprise and... The first one that caught my eye is Ryan Donato, a, a guy who they got from Boston and absolutely killed it for them at the end of the year. Not unlike, I think, a couple episodes ago, you likened him to Sven Andrigetto for them. Uh, yeah, I did, actually. <laughs> uh, where caught fire at the end of the year, and who is he really? Right. Because they need him, they need him to be a stud. Yeah, like they they need some young blood uh, that can score goals for them. That can, you know, be a, a jolt of real, bring real jolt of offense here, and not another like twenty thirty point guy where you're like, all right, he's like a he's an NHL player and he's solid, but like you need a you need players. They need high-end guys because that's the that's what's kept them from ach- accomplishing anything in the Suter Parise era. Is they've had no high-end guys to go along with it. They dropped that ball. Uh, they were so they were so in love with what they had and their own internal guys that they were too slow to recognize that they didn't have the game breaker and. You know, they they did a nice job of getting and developing, like, solid players. You know, guys like Zucker and Niederreiter and Charlie Coyle. Like, these are solid guys, but they were never going to be enough. Uh, you know, even even Grandland, yep. not enough of a game-breaker. You know, these are just a bunch of middle six guys. It's – I think you can kind of sum it up with the fact that Miko Koivu had been their number one center for forever. And the last yeah. time he scored 60 points was 2011. Right. Well, and and they even got the the hilariously unlikely uh, but wildly productive Eric Stahl. Right. And you know, they, they picked him up off the scrap heap and got a 40-goal season out of that guy. And they lost in the first round both, both years yep. in which he produced more than 60 points for them. It's even when they they hit on something like that, they just don't have the items to build around to to make a legitimate contender. It's it's just so much mud. Yeah, you know it's it's just that's all it is. It's a roster of mud. Like the only guy that I look at on that roster and I think, man, that guy could be. That's a game breaker for them. Is Matt Dumba? Yeah, I agree. I think I, he of guys that aren't Suter and Parise, pretty much. And he could be a he could be a, a beast, but he needs to be healthy. Yep. Uh, and 
and he needs to take this next step. Like, honestly, him being a 50-point guy isn't enough. He needs to be a 65-point guy for them. Right. He's, he needs to be special for them. They need an elite talent, straight up. Whether it's defense or forward, they need someone that, that stands out from the crowd. And I even in Dumba's case, I'm not quite convinced that they have that. I don't know that there's that kind of upside in Dumba either, especially because Suter needs his minutes. You know, Suter needs to be able to play as much as he does. Otherwise he gets pouty McPowderson. (laughs) And you know, that's, that's a problem. You've got a, you've got a really, really good player in Ryan Suter, but you also have a really big ego that you have to manage. Yep. And I think that's, that's difficult. You know, when you have, especially we have a young guy like Matt Dumba who can come in and, and potentially be a game breaker for you, which you were desperate for, because this is like a solid roster. It is like they are. There's no way that barring injury, they should bottom out and be a bottom five team, but they at their best right now at their apex, best case scenario. This is a team that rolls in there and is competing for a wild card spot. Right. I don't think they're good enough. Yeah. Right. I don't think they're good enough for, top three in the central. So that means they're competing with the bottom four in the central, as well as whatever the Pacific division has to offer, which we don't really know from year to year, you know, maybe Vegas and, and San Jose. Let's let's theoretically pencil and Calgary. Let's put them in the playoffs, right? Sure. As like the top three the in the three Pacific. divisional. Yeah. And, then you know what do you have in Anaheim? You'd have you don't really know. They have so many injuries and they're reshaping on the fly in such a way. We don't really know what those guys are. We know the Kings are going to be baddies, uh, but then you don't know what you have in Arizona, who is quite the plucky upstart last year. Can they redo? Can they do that again? Like this is all of this is just to say that Minnesota has a lot of really blah competition uh, yeah. in in the the chase for the wild card. And hey. There's a there's a pretty good chance that the Avalanche are involved in that as well. I agree. And when you put those two next to each other, I like I like Colorado's chances over an 82 game season against um, uh, Minnesota's. Yeah, I I like it a lot. I don't. I think the Avs roster is significantly stronger, at least on paper. Of course, you never know what happens on the ice. That's why you play the games, but. There are so many question marks. It does Victor can Victor Rask not be terrible? <laughs> Who is Kevin Fiala with maybe a bit more opportunity in Minnesota? Joel Erickson Eck, can he ever get it together? It's you can go on on down the list with guy how long can Matt Zuccarello keep doing it? Almost every single player on their roster has a big question mark. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> when you're relying on six guys who are at least 31. Yeah. You're playing with all the fire in the world. Definitely. <laughs> and a couple of those guys are signed for a while. Yeah, they're, I mean, obviously Parise and Suter, but right. they still have, they still have two more years of Dubnik. Uh, they've got, you know, oh my God, they've got two more years of Eric Stahl. Yep. Five years of Zuccarello. Yeah. And the five year deal that Zuccarello just signed, which is still, 
wild to me. The only one no pun intended. that has one year left is Koivu, and he's the captain. So <laughs> Right. And NMCs. They're gonna right. have an expansion draft where Parise, Suter, and Zuccarello are forced to be protected. Yep. That's uh Which hey, they should not be in a position where they're gonna lose somebody good by then. If Jared Spurgeon leaves in free agency next year. Uh, they should be fine in, That's in true. keeping like the Suter, Dumba, and Brodeen. And then, you know, it doesn't really, they don't have seven forwards worth keeping. So it's like, <laughs> whatever. I'll just say how you really feel then. But that's, I mean, that's not a good position to be in. No. You know, because at this point you'd be keeping Parise, uh, Zuccarello, Zuccarello, uh, Zucker, Donato, Fiala, <laughs> and then you're like, I don't know, who knows, who knows yeah, after right. that. But yeah, that's when you're saying you don't care who you lose to the expansion draft. That means you don't have a good team, basically. Yeah. Well, and like the abs are like, oh, they're probably they're they're based on what they have today. They're most likely going to lose either Nikita Zadorov, JT Comfort, Jonas Donskoy. Right. Those are the guys that I think are the most likely, and that's of today. Of course, we still have. Two whole years to go, but yeah, it's still. You never know what happens across two years, but yeah, it's a long this time. roster doesn't seem to be going in the right direction. I'll put it that way. It's well, and in their first round, you know, their their drafts have produced nothing, and that's where we see these teams start to fall off. Is they can't even get if you can't even get NHL players out of your first round guys as like a bottom line bare minimum. Yeah. They in since 2015. Shit. Let's go. <laughs> let's go further. Even further. Let's go to 2013, dude. The only the only regular and like they got they had to get rid of Alex Tuck in order to save their defense in the expansion draft. Yep. yep. They're, you know, they're they're only NHL, I guess, regular that you could consider a regular and and it's not even really him, but would be Erickson Eck. Yeah, and he's not been good. <laughs> well, he's I mean, this is a guy that he's been in the AHL each of the last two seasons. Right. So it's hard for yeah. me to even call him a regular. You know, Jordan Greenway uh played 81 games last year, but he also played in the AHL. So like, right. I guess if you want to call him a regular, the point is Luke Cunning has 68 games played. You know, he's, he's a guy that's split AHL and NHL time as well. They don't have a guy that's been like, okay, well I'm on the AHL team and that's that. Right. And, and that was a mid first even. Yeah. That's since 2013. We talk about the abs drafting issues. Minnesota, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven draft classes. And in the more immediate, their 2018 draft looks horrible. It, well, their first round pick looks like a colossal bust. And then their next pick wasn't until the third, but Jack McBain has his issues going right. back to junior A. And, and like, there were some issues with Jack McBain to begin with. Yeah. Right, so their their cupboards are awfully thin when it when it comes down to getting those next level of players. Yes, they just did get Matthew Boldy, who I know 
that kills you inside. But <laughs> why? Well, and I honestly, I mean, for them to have gotten uh, Boldy Beckman and Marshall Warren is just like all right, like, <laughs> feeling pretty good about what they were able to accomplish with that. Yeah, with their with their nineteen draft. But again, that's none of those guys are going to be helpful for two years right. minimum. The minimum. There's, some, uh, there's a storm coming before that. <laughs> So you're talking, you, you're, you're, <laughs> you're talking a whole generation of draft picks that has done nothing for them. Yeah. I mean, their, their 2016 draft, they've gotten 68 games out of their 2015 draft. They've gotten a little over 200 games out of, you know, their best pick was Kirill Kaprizov. Who's the. Russian superstar who they alienated by not talking to him. <laughs> Made sure he wouldn't come over for them. <laughs> you know, and maybe now that Fenton is there and it's no longer Fletcher and it's a new group and all that, maybe maybe they can start to try to rebuild that bridge. But even then, man, I mean, they Alex Tuck was a hit. That's an NHL player. But the rest of that, the rest of that 2014 class, nothing. Their 2013 class, nothing. They've yeah. gotten nothing since they drafted Matt Dumba seventh overall. Nothing out of the That's draft. Pretty yikes. <laughs> and there's nothing coming right now. Like it's not like it's not like I'm being unfair and being like, oh well, the twenty seventeen draft, you know, they those guys aren't on their way. I mean, twenty fifteen does have Jordan Greenway. I know you're not his biggest fan, but he's an NHLer. But an NHLer isn't what they need, though. No, I I don't disagree with you. You know, they, and a twenty yeah. point guy is not what they need. I don't. You're right. It's outside of of bottom six type. Maybe you get middle six type players out of these guys. Yeah, because like I think I think Greenway, Eck, uh, Erickson, Eck, and Cunning could all be in their bottom six just fine. Right, but are, they don't need that. As Ooh. we said, maybe high impact. They have a million dudes in right. their bottom. To- Six okay, so even if we give them that credit, they also just went out and they have they still have GT Brown who they like. Uh yep. they they brought in Ryan Donato, they signed Ryan Hartman, they're paying Marcus Felino for some reason, and they <laughs> traded for Victor Rask. Like they've theoretically blocked all of the guys who would be successful draft picks for them. Yep. They put roadblocks in front of them in terms of highly paid bottom six players. It's it's insane how poorly built this team is. <laughs> And like, and it obviously like when Fenton came in and he started making bad decisions, you know, he started, okay, well, you know, need a writer for Rask. All right. It saved a little bit of money. Um, Granlin for Fiala. Okay. He got younger. Yep. You know, he got, he got five years or four years further away from losing that guy to free agency. Right. Okay. Like you got worse, but I bought the logic in those deals. Right. And then the Zuccarello thing happened, and then all bets are off. And I'm like, I have no idea what he's trying to do. And he's botched <laughs> multiple Jason Zucker deals. Yep. I haven't been able to move him at all. And it's I, when you look at everything he's done, Fenton has done on the whole. It makes no it doesn't sense. Add up. Yeah, it, it makes, just does not add up. It makes no sense. And like. I, I like the Donato pickup. I think that's solid. Uh, I for in in the coil deal that that's a gamble worth taking. Um, Ryan Hartman, honestly, I think that's a gamble worth taking as well. He's twenty four years old, 
And not that long ago, it looked like he was going to be a 30 to 40 point guy uh, for, for the Blackhawks. And you're like, Hey, this is, this is a dude that, that, that could provide, you know, obviously there's, there's an element there. There's that, there's that sandpaper. There's that, that peskiness. Uh, And at 24 years old, like, why not? Like there's, there's some things that I like on that roster, uh, but it's, the way that it's constructed together is so bad. It at what point is there too many gambles though? It's it's like going to the roulette table and putting a bet on every single number. Yeah, you'll win, but you'll end up losing money in the end Absolutely. because you bet on all the losers too. Oh, I mean Kevin Fiala is going to drive Zach Parise insane. <laughs> Cuz Zach Parise is one of those like hyper competitive like maniacs, yeah. right? And Kevin Fiala there are times where it's just like <laughs> I'm in the NHL. Ain't I guess feeling it, right? <laughs> which is why, which is why I said for a year Nashville was going to move him. That they were gonna, yeah. they were gonna get rid of that dude because there was a problem there. And sure enough, they move him, and he shows up into Minnesota, and he's just like, Meh, "All right, whatever. I guess I'm here. I now. guess I'm here now. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine." More, more of a big name than uh, Fiala is than actual like substance yeah they need him to be a game breaker too they need him to be a 70 point guy i got bad news for you then. <laughs> yeah well i mean i i feel like this whole segment we've almost honestly i feel like we've been polite about this yeah this and, and like their good players are good enough that again they should not bottom out but i can see a world in which they are never competitive they're never realistically in the playoff race they're always like six to ten points out, but they're always, you know, ten to fifteen points ahead of whoever's in last. Right. They're they're just in the no man's land. Yeah, they're and... they're stuck in in what I don't know why it was called the Calgary zone. It's really been the Dallas zone for a long time. But it's the Minnesota zone now. Yeah, but now it's about to be the wild zone. Like that's that's where Minnesota is going to eat for the next couple of years, especially because Fenton's teardown job was so half-hearted that he yeah. signed another guy in his thirties for long term, <laughs> and then and then compared him to a lizard or something. Yeah, <laughs> when when asked to justify it, like I, I, don't but, know. I mean that quote made it all worth it, right? <laughs> yeah, well, and then and then of course the uh, the rebranding of the wild logo and it was like lizard, you know, it was like, it was done up in the yeah. way of the lizards, a gecko kind of deal. <laughs> oh, so good. Internet. <laughs> all right. Have we got our bagging on the wild out? You know, and all of this without even mentioning that Devin Dubnik is still a league average starter at best. Who's also kind of a whiny little punk. I had no argument there. He's the whiniest goalie the Avs play like, every single year. There are two players in the NHL that drive me absolutely insane to watch play live because they are so whiny all the time. And not like talking like talking to the ref constantly is a normal thing to do, especially if you're a captain, because it's your job to relay whatever your team is seeing or whatever, and you're supposed to be one of the go-betweens there. And so I don't, I don't mind if players, if, if captains and, and guys who are wearing A's are talking to referees a lot, 
But like Drew Doughty and Devin Dubnik are always whining about something. They can't go more than two shifts without being wronged by, right. by you know there's some the horrible thing has happened yeah to them. there's some miscarriage of justice that has felled them in some way it's it's a joke devin dubnik is a joke that see the whining bothers me but that's not what gets me what gets me is when he's having a bad game and he blows his cool but because he's a goalie he gets away with it well and he throws that blocker around yeah, like he's, he's- like he's a boxer her foot in the head while he was lying on the ice yeah and and they don't do anything about it because he did the, right. he did the same thing to landis a couple years ago he got him right in the yeah. face with that blocker i remember talking to him after the game and he was like i wish i had a blocker to punch people with it's ridiculous that he gets away with that you just it's I, it's ridiculous dude and he's such a baby about it that it's like yep. whatever yeah i agree so there we go now Got I feel a little better. venting out. Now yeah. I feel better. We were we were way respectful of the wild until we had to talk about Devin Dubnik, who <laughs> Exactly. I you know, I wish like no injury or anything on, upon him. I just want him to have like a goals against average of like six and a and a save percentage of like seventy-eight. There you go. <laughs> So. Abs can contribute a lot to that, hopefully. Yeah, well, and the number of times he's been run in Denver over the last couple of years has been amazing. <laughs> the only downside is, is that the Abs fans who used to hate the Doob chant now do the same. Now yeah, <laughs> now do the same thing. So there's no longer that high ground to stand on. But as long as they keep putting up five, six goals on him every night, it's fine. Well, I think the time is about seven past Dubnik, so we should probably get out of here. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's going to be it for this kind of Saturday show here. We will be back on Monday, so just the one day off here. Looking forward to covering the rest of the Central Division and and their X-Factors. Probably a little bit more positivity on that show than this one. But, hey... If, uh, if the opponents in the Central Division aren't great, I'm not going to complain about that. But thank you for listening, and you will hear us on Monday. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.